0: Ooh, don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. sonobello.com slash save. sonobello.com slash save. Texting privacy policy and terms and conditions posted at textplan.us. Texting and rules for occurring automated text marketing messages. message data rates may apply. Reply stop, stop, out. The pandemic has been hard on all our kids. New studies show more than one in three children who started school in the pandemic now need intensive reading help. That's right. Millions of kids in kindergarten through third grade in the United States cannot read at grade level. Here's the good news. in just 30 days, guaranteed. Text GRADE to 323232 right now and get started for just $1. Text GRADE to 323232
2: now. Text GRADE to 323232.
1: All Hit Radio! Welcome to the X-Zone Welcome to The x everyone. My name is Rob McConnell, and we're coming to you from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, on the all-new x Broadcast Network and the Talkstar Radio Network. Toll-free worldwide, 1-800-610-7035. That's toll-free worldwide at 1-800-610-7035. My email address is xzone at xzoneradiotv.com. On MSN Messenger, you can always chat with someone here at The x by simply using the MSN address, xzoneradiotv at hotmail.com, and our website's www.xzoneradiotv.com. And if you'd like to watch, listen, and um, see some of the uh, some of the great stuff that we have going on on XZone TV, it's www.xzonetv.com. My first guest tonight is John Myler. And uh, John is the author of several books and radio talk show guest for many, many programs. His interest is understanding paranormal phenomenon, and his interest began at the age of five after he- uh, hearing his great-grandmother's tale of seeing a UFO hover over the plains of Kentucky during broad daylight shortly following the turn of the century. This story, as well as numerous other, Otherworldly encounters of his own fueled his quest of the unknown. Then when he reached the age of 21 and was visited by none other than Jesus Christ in a vision, uh, since that time John has become a born-again Christian yet continues to investigate paranormal phenomenon using the Bible to interpret his findings. John has earned two associate degrees and a bachelor degree in business. He is currently pursuing a master's in divinity and works full-time as a master sergeant in the Air National Guard. John, welcome back to the X-Zone. Great having you with us. And uh, I still, I see you're still right at it, investigating the paranormal as well as UFO sightings. And And, and it seems like you're busier now than you were the last time you and I talked.
3: Uh, yeah, I am uh, pretty busy. Um, uh, got a lot of personal things going on right now. I'm, I'm moving mm-hmm. uh, from one city to another, but uh, in the interim, I, I just recently wrote an article, so I guess it's uh, gathered some attention. Um, and, it, and it all basically started with an email I sent to uh, creation.com website, which, you know, it just started with sort of a, a simple query about, extraterrestrial life because they had information on there that was basically adamant you know there is no such thing as extraterrestrials and so i popped the question out like uh, well what's an angel and uh you know the mm-hmm. the responses that uh bounce back and forth uh, i felt were worthy of another article so that's uh where that article came from titled cosmic salvation uh but i'm guessing that's uh that might have something to do with why you contacted me.
1: Well, it's always good to have guests on that we haven't had in a while to check in with them, see what they're doing. And, and uh, I have to ask you, what is an angel?
3: Uh, well, by definition, an angel is an intelligent being not native to Earth, which, uh, you know, I, I said that that makes it mm-hmm. synonymous with an extraterrestrial in my book. Uh, but according to uh, the person I was corresponding with on the website, they said no angels are interdimensional, not extra-dimensional, uh, or, or interdimensional, not extraterrestrial. And uh, well, I think that uh, they're both. But um, and, and as far as I understand it, most ufologists think that mm-hmm. extraterrestrials are also uh, other-dimensional beings as well because of the characteristics of their spacecraft. Um, From what we understand uh, they are able to pop in and out of our dimension in order to travel through wormholes to get from one end of the galaxy to the other and uh well he said no no there's you know all these dogmatic reasons why that can't be the case but um, in my book uh angels and extraterrestrials are the same thing
1: all right, John, please stand by. You and I have to take our first two-minute break. John Myler is our special guest, XO Nation. John's going to be with us this hour talking about everything from UFOs to ETs and much more. If you'd like more information, www.aliensinthebible.com. That's www.aliensinthebible.com and www.aliensandtheantichrist.com That's aliensandtheantichrist.com John Myler and I will return on the other side of this two-minute commercial break as the Exxon continues live from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada on the all-new Exxon Broadcast Network and Talkstar Radio.
0: Well, anyway, hope this distraction about Progressive's Name Your Price tool was helpful. It sure kept me from thinking about all those penalty balls. Yay, sports! Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
3: Out in the field,
2: farmers grew bread and called for the meat took for the shed
1: Welcome back, everyone. John Myler is our special guest. And, uh, John, how did you, uh, what was the sighting that, or the encounter that catapulted you into investigating the paranormal UFOs and making the biblical connection?
3: Well, I, I would say that, um, like I, I, you mentioned in the biography, I, I had encounters of mm-hmm. my own. Uh, I've seen demons before with my eyes. Uh, while I was wide awake uh, as a child, uh, but later in life, when I was in the army, I actually saw uh, either it was some kind of alien probe or another kind of light form or uh, life form that uh, has a semi uh, dim- a non-dimensional structure to it because it flashed on and off as a glowing ball of light about the size of a soccer ball. Uh, This was in the jungle of Panama. Me and several other people saw this thing. It came up on our position in the jungle, and when it wasn't flashing on, it was invisible. There was absolutely nothing there. We had night night goggles, uh, and we were looking through those, and we could see absolutely nothing, and then it Mm -hmm. flashed on. And it circled our position and then went down the road and circled another position and then wandered back off into the jungle. Uh, it, everything about it resembled intelligence. Uh, but I, I know of no technology that we have that can come close to uh, anything like that. Uh, and and uh, that was probably my major encounter with something otherworldly. Uh, but then uh, after I had my vision uh, when I was 21, Uh, with Jesus I began reading the Bible and when I came across Genesis chapter 6 I just knew exactly what that was right off the bat with these beings coming from somewhere else uh, mating with human beings and then their children were genetic monstrosities of nature so there's there's obviously something otherworldly going on and uh, it struck me that you know uh, people define angels as non-physical beings, but the, the fact of the matter is they they are physical beings. Everything in Scripture describes them as having physical properties, mm-hmm. but they can also transcend this physical dimension as well. So they are physical, but they can do things like walk through walls because they have control over their dimensional structure. And uh, I just understood that. Uh from right off the bat' reading the Bible but uh, I, I was kind of amazed that other people didn't didn't see it the same way as I did.
1: Could you tell us in, in, in more detail the sighting or the vision you had of Jesus Christ and uh, what were you doing? Were you asleep? Did you was this in the middle of the night? Was it in the middle of the day? had you been stressed out?
3: Uh, apparently, this is something that runs in the family, because my great-grandmother also saw Jesus, but hers was a little more dramatic than mine, I think. Uh, mm-hmm. She actually was awake, and he walked into her room on one occasion. But with mine, I was asleep, and it was a dream that I had, uh, where Jesus came to me and he showed me different things. And this was basically the worst, lowest time in my life. Uh, I was wallowing in sin. Uh, And anyway, during the dream, Jesus came to me, and he he revealed to me that if I didn't stop, uh, if I kept going the way I was going, I was either going to be dead or in jail for the rest of my life. Uh, Most likely dead, though, and that was the warning. I just turned 21. I reached the age of accountability, and he was letting me know that that umbrella of protection I'd been Mm -hmm. under all that time was being taken away if I didn't change. And uh, when I woke up, in, part of, in all the dream, I didn't physically see Jesus. I saw where he was sitting in a chair, because I saw an indentation in the chair uh, through the different things he was showing me. And, uh, I knew it was somebody there, and it was something very familiar about that person, but I couldn't see him, and the question popped into my head as soon as I woke up. Who was that sitting in that chair? questioning me and, and you know showing me all these things and i heard his name spoken audibly into my ear jesus and that's when instantly in a second i changed from the way i was to uh, all of my addictions and everything that i was involved in just completely i i was able to do a 180 in my life at that time without any effort whatsoever uh, And then after that, that's when I started reading the Bible. And uh, I was like, okay, well, step number one, where's the Bible? I'm going to read it. And I read it from cover to cover Uh, and started going to church and everything after that. But these things opened, uh, you know, that's when I became aware of, of everything that I saw, you know, in the Bible. It's just highlighted to me.
1: John, I was wondering if you'd share with us some of the books you've written
3: some of the books I have written
1: mm-hmm.
3: oh okay um, back in 1999 uh, I wrote aliens in the Bible uh, and that was my first uh, research project where I was taking uh, well it actually started with an article but I, I expanded expounded on the article uh, that I wrote and posted on the internet and made it into this book Um uh, and then continued to do research and compile things over the years. And uh, almost a decade after that, uh, I wrote Aliens and the Antichrist, uh, which is kind of like Aliens in the Bible, second edition. It has a lot more extensive research, uh, different things that I found out, uh, some places where I found um, some of the pieces that I was missing to the puzzle I was trying to put together in Aliens in the Bible Kind of, They finally mm-hmm. fit together. And so Aliens and Antichrist completes that. Uh, and then uh, The Eagle Star Prophecies, more along the lines of my personal testimony, uh, what exactly happened to me uh, that changed my personality. Uh, it was really uh, literally an uh, Ebenezer Scrooge-type moment. You know how he, he goes to bed one night and wakes up a yeah. completely different person? And everybody's freaked out because, by the way he's acting. It's so different. That's exactly what happened with me. And uh, that's what the book Eagle Star Prophecies is about, uh, my visions of heaven, which I've had two when I was 12 years old, uh, and then my encounter with Jesus when I was 21, and uh, some other odds and ends in that book.
1: What does heaven look like?
3: Oh, wow. Um, the I was in two different areas. Mm-hmm. Um one area was in the country so I wasn't in the city in my in my uh, first vision um, I remember seeing grass and trees and the grass was so brilliant green that I could see each individual blade for probably hundreds of yards away it's hard to describe that kind of vision uh, the color the amazing colors of everything around me was staggering but that's not what was most noticeable about it uh the the most prominent feature of the kingdom is god's presence because when you're there Mm -hmm. it's like you're swimming in liquid love it's it's all around you it's blowing through you it's and it's so overwhelmingly powerful that you're almost not aware of yourself anymore it's like you're you're at one with god when you're just there and that was the most amazing thing about it and uh and the first dream i saw i saw god father son and holy ghost and and, uh and then the second vision i didn't see him uh but a cross appeared in the sky and pulled me up into the air and i stuck to this cross and uh which I don't know exactly what that means. Maybe I'm going to be a martyr or something. I don't know. But uh, when I stuck to the cross, God, mm-hmm. His Spirit filled me. And that, that was that same experience that I told you about, uh, you know, where you feel God's presence and it's just so overpowering that you lose self-awareness.
1: Tell me, John, have you caught any flack in the Christian arena for, from, uh, you know, for having the interests
3: that you have? Uh, yes and no. Um, it depends on, on who I'm communicating with and stuff. I, I have caught some flack, uh, not, not anything major. You know, I haven't been kicked out of a church or anything like that. Uh, and, but uh, I have uh, encountered people that, that just refuse to, you know, accept any possible interpretation other than what they've already accepted and, and are not willing to budge on um a lot of things I can understand that kind of a stance like the doctrine of evolution for example it leads to some things like the holocaust if you believe in that hook line and sinker but the you know the possibility that extraterrestrials exist in the cosmos doesn't necessarily have to lead to uh, somebody endorsing something like the Holocaust mm-hmm. uh, and you know there's people out there that'll argue that point and and they're very dogmatic about it
1: and, well uh, when it comes to the holocaust there certainly is enough evidence to prove beyond a shadow of a doubt that really it really did happen so how anyone can even try to deny the holocaust is not real it is beyond me
3: oh that's unconscionable uh you know what mm-hmm. what's being said uh in in media in yes. certain countries about that that's that's ridiculous uh but um you know to uh, I understand how how the doctrine of evolution can lead to somebody you know m- having that kind of morality and justifying movements in a country like the Nazi movement because it was all basically founded on the doctrine of evolution the survival of the fittest the supreme race that's where he got the whole inspiration for it and and anybody who who endorses the doctrine of evolution uh, to that extent is endorsing a way of thinking that says we exist for no reason, Uh, you might as well take advantage of why you're here because this is it. This is all there is. You have no uh, hope of salvation, no hope of an afterlife, no actual reason for existing to begin with because you're a cosmic accident. And, And if you take that to its logical conclusion, you will become the most selfish person And your purpose in living in life is going to be to do whatever you can to get as much as you can.
1: John, stand by. We've got to take our news break. John Myler is our special guest. www.aliensinthebible.com and com. We'll be back on the other side of the news. Don't go away. Forced Metaphors, presented by Progressive. Bundle and protect today. Progressive, casualty insurance company and affiliates. Discount not available in all states or situations.
2: All-hit radio.
1: Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. Welcome back to the excellent everyone. John Myler is our special guest and uh, John has two websites. www.aliensinthebible.com and www.aliensandtheanticrist.com. He is the author of Aliens and the Antichrist, Aliens in the Bible and The Eagle Star Prophecy. Once again, his websites www.aliensinthebible.com and aliens and the um, do you think it's hard for most Christians to accept the notion of intelligent life elsewhere in the universe John
3: uh, yes I do I, I've come to the conclusion that uh, the strong delusion spoken of in the Bible mm-hmm. uh, which is second uh, Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 3 through 12. It uh, speaks about a mass of deception that's coming to the earth in the future, and it's going to deceive people in every religion in the world. It's going to involve some kind of science with hard evidence. Uh, it's going to be something completely unexpected, something on the peripheral, maybe something that people even make fun of at this point in time. Uh, the whole UFO thing fits this deception exactly.
1: So does global warming. And, uh, with-
3: of global warming. Uh, I, I don't even know about that. <laughs> but but uh, concerning a, a extraterrestrial life, mm-hmm. I mean, the Bible says that um, God is going to send this strong delusion, and it's going to be something so powerful that you know, people are just not going to be able to see it. Like, they're going to be blind to it. And uh, to a certain extent, I think Christians, while I believe they will be okay spiritually, I mean... Their relationship with God is going to be okay. That's the most important thing of all, uh, but they may not be able to see all of the details that are behind this deception for what they are, um, which makes it even more powerful because they won't be able to come up with uh, reasons to explain it. Um, you know, in the future, for example, if we actually develop the technology, uh, which would probably be reverse engineered stuff that we already have our hands on, uh, and we're able to go to their planets
2: mm-hmm.
3: and see for ourselves with our own eyes that there is life out there, there's going to be a lot of Christians who are going to have a hard time dealing with that. They're not going to know how to explain it. Uh, and that that's my mission. Uh, just in case we do come across something like that, I've already done the research in advance. I have possibilities. Is uh, what I'm saying. Uh, and I'm not arguing that w- everything that I am suggesting in my work is flawless and, you know, oh, this is exactly how the interpretation is. What I am saying is you might want to consider these possible interpretations in case something like this does happen so you're not scrambling and, and you got a big question mark on your forehead because you have no idea how to explain this or how to reconcile it with your faith. That's what I'm saying.
1: Where does the Antichrist fit into the entire UFO scenario? Uh,
3: he fits all over the place. Uh, first of all, it starts back in uh, in Genesis, I believe it's in chapter 3, where, where Jesus first said, uh, or, or where God first pronounced the curse uh, and, and said uh, to Eve that... There's going to be or, uh between her seed, between the seed of the woman, and the seed of the serpent. Mm-hmm. And the seed mentioned is a biological seed for her. So I see no reason why it shouldn't be considered a biological seed of Satan. And, uh, you know, I always had wondered, there's an interesting fact about what happened with the fallen angels. The angels that got thrown down into Tartarus, is mentioned in Jude and also in, uh, in other, in, uh, I believe Second Peter, they got thrown into Tartarus for fornicating with humans. Uh, back in Genesis chapter six, uh, it's also mentioned uh, in uh, the books of uh, the book of Enoch. Uh, well, why is it that these fallen angels got thrown in there and not Satan? the reason why is because Satan didn't commit that sin that those fallen angels were doing back in chapter 6. And he specifically didn't commit it, and not because he's any better than any of them. I'm pretty certain of that, because he started this whole thing. He's the one that instigated all of sin to begin with. He, in fact, convinced these angels to do what they were doing. But he withheld himself from doing it, and I'm thinking the reason why is because that's his trump card. I think he's coming back. In the end, he's going to do exactly what they were doing back in Genesis chapter 6 and uh, pull out that trump card. And the Antichrist himself, I'm thinking, is probably going to be a Nephilim, part fallen angel, part human. And that's how he fits. He's, he's actually got a biological connection to these things.
1: You know, the Nephilim uh, fit the criteria of the ancient Greek gods the, who used to live on Mount Olympus.
3: Exactly, and you know, people might have uh, wondered, uh, you know, why is it that uh, when you talk about uh, demons, that they're always pictured as these weird, mm-hmm. uh, like half-human, half-something else creatures with horns, and and you know, some of them have supernatural powers, and and uh, you know, they're where the heck do they come from? They, they obviously weren't created by God. Well, the the Nephilim died because they were mortal uh, they're human they did live an extremely long time mm-hmm. but they did die and their spirits are what we now call demons so the idea that demons and fallen angels are the same thing they're not fallen angels can't die uh, according to Luke 20:36 angels cannot die but when a fallen angel mates with a human being and they have a child that's a nephilim the nephilim is mortal, and when it dies, it becomes a demon. So that's where the demons come from.
1: Hmm. So, so is it is it safe to say that that the the nephilim were basically hybrids between ETs and Earthlings?
3: Yes, I do believe so, and uh, you know, my, I have a, a whole explanation about. Uh, the origin of angels, which, you know, you don't really get from Mm -hmm. the Bible reading it at face value. You have to read it and then think about it um, and then uh, put clues together to piece where the angels came from and uh, the origin of the angels. Um, But anyway, uh, the way it works is that angels, I believe, they used to be like us because Scripture says that we're going to be like the angels. We're going to be made into this glorified... Uh, completely immortal state in our future so god has that planned for us and i think he originally had it planned for us to begin with even before we fell and i think he creates other species out there mm-hmm. in the cosmos he has before and they went through the same cycle as adam and eve did and two-thirds of them passed the test they didn't fail like we did they passed they, they were angels and they're glorified beings they're in unity with god one-third of them are not One third of them are like us they fail but the majority of them i think are probably fallen angels and satan was the leader of them and his throne was here on this planet before adam and eve were ever created and it even says right up uh, straight up in in uh, ezekiel 28 and isaiah chapter 14 it talks about satan's fall before adam and eve were ever created because Satan had sinned before we ever sinned, and he was the one that unleashed sin here on the earth by tempting Adam and Eve. And so that's where it all started.
1: Is it possible, John, is that is it? Is it possible that the Bible is actually a story about genetics from? an early time and since they could not explain or ha- or since those who wrote the bible especially moses had no concept of of genetics or dna experimentation or or any of the science that we are just developing now is 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 it possible especially since we've just agreed that the nephilim or the nephilim were basically hybrids between one species and another is it possible that There is no great mystery surrounding the Bible and biblical events, except that this is science that we are just rediscovering now, and that those who we presume to be gods were just extraterrestrials or visitors from another planet. Uh,
3: I do very well believe that it's a strong possibility that uh, the sons of God mentioned in Genesis 6 were experimenting with genetics. Mm and I don't think that Moses was totally oblivious to that. Uh, if you read the wording, uh, where it speaks of Noah, it states that Noah was pure in his generations, and it's talking about physical purity. Uh, and the word generations is where we get genetics from. Uh, our word for genetics comes from that. So he was talking about Noah's genetics. The reason, one of the reasons why Noah was selected to go aboard the ark is because he wasn't an Nephilim. He was pure in his genetics. And all of the animals that were rescued were obviously, they were not tainted with Nephilim. And when you see about all all these demons, all these non-human, weird-looking, part-human things, well, they were experimenting with the animal kingdom. Genesis 6-4 actually uh, states that the whole fle- uh, all the flesh on the earth had corrupted its way upon the earth so if you ask me i think it's possible that the sons of god mentioned there uh... Were doing a lot of genetic experimenting and just unleashing things on the earth uh... uh wreaking havoc on all civilization here on this planet with uh, these genetic monstrosities of nature that they were unleashing uh, some of these beings i mean they had superpowers they might have been imbued with supernatural power mm-hmm. uh, pretty much everything we see within the greek legends comes from these beings and i think a lot of it could have been genetic experimentation
1: where do you think we're heading for in the next few years regarding alien contact or 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 even the rapture and the return of christ himself
3: um concerning extraterrestrial life in general i i am thinking uh you know we've the government has funded different different kinds of uh surveys and stuff like they sent the this one out uh, a couple years back, uh, known as the Bigelow Report, mm-hmm. and another one even before that, uh, wanting to know uh, how would theologians deal with the existence of extraterrestrial life. They had a, a list of questions dealing with extraterrestrial life, and it, well, you know, my question is, why would the government even fund such a survey if there was no such thing? If, if you know, why would they even wonder? You know, where's that? Where's America at? Should we reveal to the populace? Uh, what we already know. That's what it sounds like to me. Uh, And they're waiting, and uh, we'll probably be seeing another survey before long, uh, and they're going to want to recap and and get a a new point of view on this, because obviously a lot of Christians uh, are asking questions now, and books like mine are getting published. uh, Not exactly like mine, it's more along the lines of, it's all demonic, it's all deception, Mm -hmm. Uh, but uh, and mine is more along the lines of, well, there's good guys out there too. Uh, Revelation 14.6 says that angels are going to be coming here to the earth and preaching the gospel in the future. And uh, if what I'm saying, if what I'm theorizing is correct, that might mean a lot more than what, what most Christians think. I mean, you could have... Uh, Tons of demonic beings running around or, you know, fallen angelic beings or beings aligned with Satan coming here and spreading all kinds of deception. And we know that. It's already happening. Uh, You know, these things come, their messages always line up with some kind of thing linking to evolution. And, you know, uh, the uh, the creation.com website is, is up on all of that. They got that picture, that side of the picture, very good. The part that they're missing is the angels coming and preaching the gospel, and, and the fact that there really is extraterrestrial life, which will give more strength to the deception itself. Because if they're putting all of their eggs in one basket that there is no extraterrestrial life, and that's how they're refuting this deception, then they're going to have to rework some things when they, have, when they see that there really is extra, uh, extraterrestrial life out there. But, uh, yeah, I see a lot of that in the future.
1: Tell me, who is Jesus Christ?
3: I believe Jesus Christ is exactly who the Bible says he is. Uh, it is through him that all creation, that the universe and everything in it was created. Jesus is not an alien. Uh, he is not a created being. He is God uh, who became flesh.
1: But that, that goes contrary to what you and I have been talking about this past hour.
3: Uh, does not go contrary to it at all well Jesus, if, we're, if we were talking about category, if we Jesus is in a category all by himself he's God why to suggest that he's part alien part human would mm-hmm. say that he's a nephilim and that would that would go against everything
1: well if, if it, you know like if his father is God and his mother is a mortal doesn't that yes. make him a genetic hybrid as well?
3: He's fully God and fully man, according to Scripture.
1: What's the difference between that and other genetic manipulation I mean, that's talked it's, about it's in the Bible? Different
3: between There's a big difference between tinkering around with genetics mm-hmm. or going against your own nature as an angel that has been translated into a mortal status. Jesus said, angels neither marry nor are they given in marriage. They are given a mandate to no longer do that. Uh, it's part of their new nature to be... Uh,
1: All right, stand by. We've got to take a commercial break. We'll be back. John Myler is our special guest, and John and I will be back on the other side of this commercial break as we continue live and around the world from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, on the all-new Exxon Broadcast Network and Talkstar Radio. to come on tonight's show, Howard Bloom will be joining me, and uh, it's always great talking to Howard. He is full of information. Uh, he's written a number of books, and uh, Howard Bloom is up next here on The Exxon with yours truly, Rob McClellan. My guest this hour is John Myler. His website's Exxon Nation, bible.com and Antichrist.com John, I, I, I'd just like to let you finish off what you were saying before we had to run to that break about, uh, you know, the creation of Christ. And, you know, why is there only one Christ?
3: Uh, there's only one Christ because the, the Bible says Jesus is the only begotten Son of God. Uh, you know, uh, there, there are a lot of ufologists that mm-hmm. write about the Bible, but I'm a Christian that's writing about the Bible. So everything the Bible says, I do believe. Now, of course, my interpretation of the way I see certain scriptures is going to differ, between a lot of christians but there are certain things that i do adamantly hold to and the identity of jesus is one of those things uh every every cult and every deception in the world has one thing in common and that's to attempt to redefine god and who he is uh and the number one deception that's being proliferated by uh this whole the deception side of the ET phenomenon is that God is not who He is. God is uh, an alien race uh, that we're seeded here by another alien race.
1: Isn't that possible?
3: Uh, no. Why? Uh, scripture Scripture states in Genesis mm-hmm. that we were created by God forming us from the dust of the earth. We are. Of but it also it also
1: says in Genesis that God created us in His image. So if he, we were created in the image of God, then we are no different than Christ, because Christ was created in the image of God, and according to the Bible, so were we.
3: Being created in the image of God doesn't mean that we are God. That's true. Like Him, Uh, but as for Jesus, He's in a category by Himself. The Bible says that He existed before He became Mm -hmm. human. The Bible doesn't say that about anybody else.
1: But is, isn't that the perfect case for reincarnation, then? If we, if he existed before he came to Earth, many people who believe in, uh, in, uh, in other religious philosophies that believe in reincarnation say that we come back to this planet or to it, other planets, it, it, and could that not it, be the same for Christ?
3: No, it's not the same for him. Because Why not? Reincarnation, reincarnation, the word itself means that you were incarnated before Mm-hmm. and that you are reincarnating. Jesus was not incarnated before he became human. He but how do we dead.
1: know that, John? How do, how do we know that these stories haven't lost credibility over the years?
3: I am basing what I am saying on the Christian faith. I'm a Christian mm-hmm. that's writing about these things, like extraterrestrials and whatnot. So if you're going to believe in the Bible, then that's what you have to believe. You have to believe that Jesus is God. He's the son of God. So and how can you be How party. can you be the
1: son of God and God at the same time? This is one of the biggest problems I have in John. We've just run out of time. Great having you here with us. Look forward to the next time you visit us in the Exxon. XO Nation. John Myler has been our guest. Aliensinthebible.com and aliensandtheantichrist.com We'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with Howard Bloom as the Exxon continues right here from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. On the Exome Broadcast Network and the Talk Star Radio Network.